0: So one of the things that we do here pretty regularly at C3 Fort Worth is a 5 by five. What is that, you may ask? A 5 by 5 is where we get five voices up here, five people up here that get to talk about five minutes each about a particular thing. I say about five minutes because we've got the wonderful Kyle Richardson speaking today and sometimes <laughs> he may go an extra minute or two. Ha! <laughs> He's a good sport. I had, to, I had to pick on somebody. So, okay, so um, we get to hear from today. So we're, we're in our sermon series called Multiply. And all five of these amazing people who inspire me, and I know inspire a lot of us with their life and with their words, are going to all be speaking about uh, the same set of verses. So we're first going to start with Mr. Bradley.
1: Thank you, Scott. Good morning, good morning. I think the joke's on me. I don't know if y'all heard when we went to our LA missions trip, but um, we had a group time that we got to speak in front of people, and I volunteered to go first. And I'm sure when Amanda saw 5 by 5 this week, she's like, joke's on you, Brad. You get to go up, you get to go first. Okay. Well, we're going to actually be, all five of us, I don't know if Scott kind of set up, we're actually going to be reading from the same passage giving different perspectives on those particular verses, okay? Getting the pleasure of going first, I want to kind of give a quick run-through of that passage, what it contains, and then give my personal perspective on what I'm being drawn towards on that, okay? Yeah. We're going to actually be reading, if you got any Bibles with you, phones with you, out to Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. And I'm actually going to read from the screen. I'm reading out of NIV on the Bible, but Then Jesus went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest, Okay, and I'm going to actually jump back to the beginning and kind of break this down. When we're looking at passage 35, he says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, okay, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing disease and sickness. Um, I think it's so important when we examine that verse to look at the fact that, A, Jesus went. Uh, I think we all know Jesus has been very capable of sitting at home, relaxing in his lazy boy, snapping his fingers and healing all disease and sickness, right? Uh, but I think it's important that he role modeled for all Christians he went. And in addition to that, he was going to do what? To teach, to share God's word. And I think it's really important that we see that he role modeled that, like I said, as Christians for us to all go um, go out and go forth, okay? When we look at that next verse, we're looking at when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I know y'all's version is just a little bit different, um, I think the big thing is there is the compassion that Jesus had, okay? He didn't have that compassion until he went out, until he saw them, until he put eyes on those people. I know if y'all were here a couple weeks ago when Mallory was talking about with Brandon, um, she didn't have compassion for those people in those circumstances until she went, until she actually saw eyes on them, she heard their stories. Um, I think that's huge. I think it's important to know that um, sometimes— we get uh, the attitudes of just passing over people um, because we lack that compassion. We don't know their stories. I'd like to share kind of a personal testimony of mine. I don't know how many of you really know me, my past, but I was in law enforcement for nearly seven years. Okay, I, I dealt with a lot of people on the north side of Fort Worth. I think a combined average household income was like 26, 27, in those areas combined. Um, so you can kind of see the people that I was dealing with, the houses I was dealing with. Um, I would often come across people that I would arrest, and, you know, for a very wide variety of things, okay, from your worst of your worst to just traffic fines, all that kind of stuff, and um, often starting out in that job, I lacked that compassion. I would see these people, and you would, you get frustrated with them, you wouldn't understand, and as I kind of continued to press into what I felt like God was telling me, like, speak to these people, talk to them, you got, you know, I'd have a drive, 10, 15-minute drive, taking them downtown to county jail or something. then I finally would start to actually respond and, and kind of ask about their personal life, what where this got started. And what would happen is I would hear things like, you know, they're addicted to meth, but they were exposed to that at 12 years old by their parents, you know, by the people that very much so were close to them, supposed to love them, supposed to care for them. I, I luckily and was fortunate enough, I wasn't exposed to that. And what it what enabled me to do was to really um, take the judgment part out of it and insert the compassion and able to see where they came in from. They're just as human as I, just raised different, just exposed to different circumstances, and, and really see the lostness that they had. I think it's important to go on and see where he says, um, you know, in that next verse, where it was uh, sheep without a shepherd. I think Jesus saw the lost people. I think he really saw um, and had compassion for the hopelessness of the unbelievers, And I think it's huge that we we notate that, that you got these people out there that that don't have the foundation, don't have the, the, you know, the foundation on rocks, um, as it says in some earlier scripture. And it's important to notate that they, you know, they need us. Their only chance may be that drive from our police department to that jail where I'm speaking and pouring into them, you know. Um, and we go on to those final verses when he says, Then his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out the workers into his harvest. When he says ask in my version, I know it says pray in yours. Anytime they're talking about asking um, God, it's talking about speaking to God directly and praying. Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, I think it's very important that we notate the fact that he says the harvest is plentiful. In King James Version, you'll read, truly is plentiful. Um, the people are there. The needs are there. God clearly tells us that, hey, this, this, this harvest of these unbelievers is, is plentiful. What, what stops you from approaching these people? What stops you from talking to these people? I think often we worry about, okay, well, what if I have that weird conversation? you know, and it turns out they're, you know, they're not a, you don't have any spiritual side to them. They don't know God. You know, your Uber driver, wherever it is, you just feel like sometimes God's pouring on you. Hey, talk to them. Ask them how their life. They seem like they're a little off today, and we're scared, and we're worried about that, but he clearly tells us it is plentiful, meaning it is there. He's not setting you up for failure. He's telling you that there's people out there that need it. Have compassion for it, Um, and one of the big things for me when I look at that, is what's what's my personal harvest? What does harvest look like in my life? Um, I know for some of you that are teachers, um, you know, is it, is it work? Is it those kids you're exposed to every day? Is that your harvest? Is it missions? For some, it may be full-time ministry, um, but others it may be those simple walk into the gas station clerk and that person you see every day that you get coffee from. Or like I said, you know, those students that you're seeing every day, your fellow employees, you know, what does your harvest look like? And second, C3 as a church is what is our vision for our harvest? What does that look like in the hearts and streets of Fort Worth? Um, where do we see our harvest being? Where do we see planting? Where do we see serving? I think it's a really important to draw into that. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, like I said, what, what is stopping you? Um, it's there. It's plentiful. And we just need to pour into that because, like I said, God's not selling us up for the failure. Um, The last part of that verse, before I close out here, I know I'm out of time, says, ask the Lord of our therefore, to send the workers. Um, And when he talks about uh, praying, I think it's really important that we know that God tells us to pray, um, to pray as a church for our harvest, to pray for our individual harvest. And as you go into this week, pour into it ask God to show you those circumstances where his name can be glorified, where those seeds can be planted, and where you can go forth and multiply um, in that sense. And I would just love to close us out in prayer in that, okay? Heavenly Father, we just thank you. As uh, Pastor Scott said during this morning, if some of you have missed hearing prayer, um, we get to serve, Lord, and we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for the opportunity to get to serve you, Lord, to look for chances to glorify your name, Lord. We ask for you to soften our hearts as we go about this week, Lord, Um, May you show us our personal harvest, Lord. May we come together as a church, Lord, and search for our harvest um, as a community. Um, Lord, may we just pour our hearts into that, pour our hearts into the the hearts in the streets of Fort Worth, Lord. Um, Your your harvest is abundant and plentiful. The needs are there. The people are there. May we go forth and uh, serve in your name. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Awesome word. I get to represent the ladies up here today. I'm a little nervous. Um, I just want to start by reading the verse. I don't have a lot of time. So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send workers into his field. So I actually want to start just by asking a question. Are you willing to meet people where they're at? Just think about that. Are you willing to meet people where they're at? See, Jesus was always willing to meet people right where they were at. And we see from this verse that he was compassionate on people. And we see that all throughout the Bible. Jesus was a compassionate person. He had compassion for people who were lost and helpless, that needed guidance, that needed a shepherd. And I believe he wants us as his followers to be the same way. He wants us to help people. So let me say it another way. The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we should get to people. Come on, that was good, right? The closer we get to Jesus, the closer we should get to people. All right, now going back to that scripture, I want to um, just share a story with you because when I was reading this verse, I, was immediately, I immediately thought of a story in my life that changed my life forever. Um, it was five years ago. I was still living in California, and um, I had the opportunity to go to my first homeless outreach ever. I was with a friend, and we went to Stockton, California, which is about an hour outside the Bay Area where I lived, and um, I was blown away. <laughs> It was something that I'd never seen before, just miles and like miles of just tents and people in living in the worst conditions that you can imagine. And it was definitely an eye-opener for me, and it's definitely a humbling experience for me. And I just remember like Jesus, man, compassion on a whole nother level. I just wanted to step in and help these people any way I could. I just wanted to show them who Jesus was. I just wanted to bring Jesus to them, not judge them. They get enough of that. I just wanted to be Jesus to them. And so still to this day, I have a passion for homeless ministry, but I had to put myself outside of my comfort zone to even know that that passion and desire was there. I had to do something that was foreign to me and and scary, and I had to go out and meet those people in their need, and then I just realized, man, this is where I need to be. This is where God wants me. So let me ask you this. What if you're missing out on a passion that you don't know you have yet? because you're not willing to meet someone where they're at. You're not willing to go out there. Cause come on church, we wanna be, we wanna see Jesus on every street and every heart, right? That's our mission. So we need to get uncomfortable. We need to take a risk. Jesus always did that. Jesus always took a risk. He always met people right where they were at. He didn't judge them, he didn't avoid them, no. He did just the opposite, he went right to them. He was drawn to those people. And we have that capacity here. So are you willing? Are you willing to go to those people that are different than you, who are overlooked and judged and outcasted by society? Just like Jesus did for the woman at the well. Come on, the Samaritan woman. Even Jesus' disciples were like, why is he talking to her? Just like Jesus did for the woman caught in the act of adultery, where everyone around her was willing to stone her and condemn her. Jesus met her where she was at. He ran to her with compassion and forgiveness, just like he did for Matthew. He was a tax collector. He was despised by society. And Jesus called him to be a disciple. Come on, Jesus meets us, guys, where we're at. Are we going to do the same? He meets us every day in our darkest moments. When we're having a bad day, when our attitude is bad, doesn't care, he meets us there. Before we were saved, he met us there. He brought us into his love. So come on, church, let's be that. Let's be, the harvest is great. There's people all around us. I'm not just talking about people experiencing homelessness. I'm talking about friends that need Jesus, family members that need Jesus, coworkers that need Jesus. Are we gonna meet them? Are we gonna go to them? We have that capacity here. I believe all of us here have great capacity to meet people in their need, just like Jesus did. I just want to close in prayer. Thank you so much. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you just meet us where we're at, God. It doesn't matter if we're having a bad day. It doesn't matter if we're in a dark season, God. You just, you draw near to us. And God, I pray that you would reveal to everyone here today, God, someone that needs them, a a compassion that they've never felt before, Lord, to go out into the harvest, to be the few workers that are going to reach out, and help people, and have compassion on people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you have compassion on us, God. Thank you that you modeled it for us. Thank you, God. Let us be the workers that are willing to meet people, to help, to step in. It's all around us, God. It's all around us. Open our eyes. Open our hearts, God, to be more like you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
3: Great job, Heather. So my name is Gabriel Andujar. There are a lot of you that know me here, some of you that don't. I just want to say thank you for being here this morning and just listening to, uh, to us. Um, as many of you can see, this passage is very important. To have five different people come up here and just tell their version of, of what they think this means to them. It tells you something because the series that we're going through right now, is multiply, okay? Our vision here at this church is not only to grow the church, but to get Jesus in every street and in every heart, okay? So I want to speak about two things when I read this passage that stood out to me, okay? You no, know, it talked about Jesus going to all the different towns and the different villages and preaching the good news of the, of the kingdom, okay? He was compassionate for the people, but he was heartbroken because he said that they were like sheep without a shepherd, Okay, so I'm going to, my first point is going to be, let's be shepherds to those lost sheep. Okay, and then another thing I'm going to talk about is, let's step out of our comfort zone. Okay, so to go back to that first point, it reminded me of a parable that Jesus, that Jesus said in Matthew 18, 12, where he said, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep, and one of those sheep wanders off, Will that shepherd not go find that lost sheep? He will. And let me tell you, when he finds that lost sheep, he will have more joy in that one lost sheep than he will the 99 that that stayed together. That hit me pretty hard because I was that lost sheep once. And I have two amazing friends that became those shepherds for me. One of them being a member here. I would make my own choices, I would wander off and do my own thing, but they brought me back and put me on the right path. And five years ago, I decided to give my life to Christ, and it's been the best decision I've ever made. We all know people out there that right now are struggling with finances, with marriage, with depression. They're lost sheep. Let's become their shepherds. Okay? And then also in the passage, it talks about the harvest was abundant and the workers are few. Fort Worth is a big city. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of work to do. Okay? Now, how are, how are we going to grow? How are we going to multiply? Let's be real. We have to step out of our comfort zone. Okay? Okay? And I did that this week. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story of this week. Brandon calls me while I'm at work on, on Monday. I step out, and he goes, hey, man, something came up. Would you mind going up and speaking uh, with, you know, five others at the church? I said, yeah. I thought it was going to be one of those panels where they bring up five chairs. Somebody asks us the questions. I'm going to be like, I can answer questions. That's fine. He goes, oh, no, no, you're going to go up and you're going to speak for five minutes. I go, ooh, Hey. No, no, sir, I can't do that. I can't think of the perfect thing to say to someone. We got to stop doing that, okay? Whenever you are wanting to meet someone, you don't think of a script first before you go up there. The easiest thing to do is just go there and just open your mouth and say hi. Compliment them on their shoes. Ask them for a cup of coffee, whatever it is. But we just have to be willing to step out of our comfort zone. So this verse taught me something this week because this is, I'll tell you this, all five of us to come up here and do this, we had to step out of our comfort zone, okay? But I'm willing to do that to to watch this church multiply and grow. I'm willing to go to the streets. I'm willing to go to the streets and help these people that, that are in need. So I challenge you, like I said, we all know someone that needs to hear the words of the, of the, of the gospel. We, we all know every week, it happens to me at least, I'm like, man, my brother could hear this right now. Man, my best friend could hear this right now. Let's step out of that comfort zone and just ask them to coffee. Ask them to church. So I challenge you, step out of your comfort zone and approach those who you think that, that need to hear this. You never know how important those words could be to them. Okay. Let me close this out in prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today. Thank you for these people here at this church. And just thank you for giving us the courage and the, and the wisdom to come up here and speak. We know it takes a lot of guts to do this, Lord. But we thank you every single day. We love you. Amen. Amen.
4: Well, y'all can clap a little bit more. Come on. There you go. All right. Good morning, church. How y'all doing? For those of you that don't know me, my name is Kevin Godbold. Been here for a little while. Uh, You know, you might know me as just the guy up here who sings, but so much more than that. (laughs) All right. Um, So real quick, before before I get into it, there's a couple of questions that kind of like came to mind that hit me pretty hard whenever I was preparing for this five by five. So I figured I'd just share that gut punch with you guys, too. Um, so for starters, let's see, what good are believers without God's vision? What good is God's vision without calling? What good is calling without faith? And what good is faith without the courage to act on it? So we'll let that marinate for for a little bit while, while I dive in. Um, there's a specific portion of the set of verses that, I kind of like honed in on with this, and it was verses 37 and 38 of Matthew 9. It says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, a huge harvest, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest and send out workers into his harvest. So basically, I just wanted to talk to you guys about how powerful the visions we receive from God and our prayers are and how impactful that can be to building his kingdom. Um, So over the course of my walk with Christ, uh, God's been baby-stepping me into receiving visions and words for people. Um, I know not everybody receives visions or words directly from God, and that's cool. That's perfectly fine. But there's nothing wrong with praying to God and asking God to to put something on your heart. There's nothing wrong with praying to God and asking him to just give you something for someone because you never know how powerful that can be. Um, I actually encourage it, honestly. I mean, I've done the same, so. Uh, I just wanted to share a vision that I got for someone. Uh, Over the course um, of this event that we were at, this event that shall remain nameless. (laughs) Because rule number one of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Uh, We had a prayer and worship time where God gave me a vision, a vision for a friend, a good friend. Um, He was just speaking and praying over children like the superhero that he is. And I knew that. I had to tell him because you're obligated. When you get visions like that, you're obligated to tell people about something like that. Naturally, I was super excited to share this information, but I was still a little worried at the same time. Worried that maybe it really wasn't a vision from God. Maybe I just made it up. Worried that also I wouldn't have the correct things to say. Worried that it wouldn't make sense to him that it wouldn't matter, that it would be something that he's like, "Eh, I don't know about that. But in that moment, I knew only one thing mattered. It was, do I trust God enough to use me? Do I trust God enough to use me in this moment and for it to resonate with someone? There's this one phrase that just overall kind of encompasses this, and it's that it takes courage to be compassionate. It takes courage to step out of your comfort zone and go to someone and know that what you have for them, God put on your heart to give to them. And you just have to trust that and know that God is using you in that moment. Fast forward. It completely resonated with them. There's a score there. And we all just bear witness to that right now because Gabe just killed it up here. I'm so pumped to see what God is doing in your life, bro. You're an inspiration, and I just pray that you continue to to, to seek God in everything that you do. I love you, brother. So, what does that mean? What does all of this mean? It means that the visions we receive from God are not to be held on to. Because... That could ultimately, that vision could ultimately be something that unleashes someone else's calling and ultimately uh, revelation and salvation in their life. We have to care about others so much that we take joy in being the conduits of this. We have to pray for them and speak life over them until the vision that God gave us for them takes fruition in their life. This. Those scenarios like that are how you build the kingdom, brick by brick, because everyone matters. So I had a couple of one-liners for your uh, IG captions and tweets. I know some folks out there. So we'll just start with this one. We cannot hold on to the false mentality that what God has for me is only for me. We cannot be afraid to share what God places on our hearts. We cannot wait until our friends ask us about God. We cannot hope the jobs and communities we're called to ask us for what God already told us that they need. And we cannot wait for people to come to church. Like so many people have said already, we have to go meet people where they are. Streets and hearts. It's not just a shirt, (laughs) although it is a pretty cool shirt. I see a couple of y'all out there. But that is our mission. Overall, last week, Pastor Brandon said it so well. Every person we meet, every place we go every street, every heart. I just want to close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for each of these people that are in this place, and I know that in their lives you are going to do things that are just going to stretch them and push them to continue to move forward and continue to bless others that are around them, Lord. I ask that we continue to just be open to what you have for us and that we get out of the way and let you move through us, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for being a constant presence in our lives, and thank you for loving us, Lord. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name.
5: So good. So good. Uh, As Scott mentioned earlier, I'm uh, the last speaker here, so you guys can uh, just settle in for a little bit. I'm actually uh, trying to figure out what to to go over because these guys kind of took all the good stuff. Y'all think I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to <laughs> kind of talk about just our faith and kind of as we walk throughout our faith. You know, it talks about the harvest and the our harvest is abundant and the workers are few. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, maybe, maybe for a lot of us, the issue is the difficulty of sharing our faith with others. It's the difficulty of trying to figure out what to say, when to say it, how to say it what the right circumstances have to be. And, you know, God, God's not calling us, you know, to you know, heal the people's lives in that sense. God is calling us to set up an opportunity for people to encounter Jesus. And through Jesus' power is where people are healed. It's Jesus' power that's going to allow them to be able to break free of the chains because it's God's power alone mm-hmm. and not ours. And I was actually kind of watching, because I'm thinking a little difficult, like, how hard is it to actually talk to somebody about Christ? And I don't know if you guys have seen the show. Uh, you guys are probably good Christians. You haven't probably watched it. But it's, uh, it's called How I Met Your Mother, right? And so there's a guy named Barney and a guy named Ted. And Barney is this, like, kind of playboy kind of guy, and he always has all these uh, very, very elaborate pickup lines on how to talk to women And uh, so much so that he'll come up with different personas to talk with them. And Ted is a guy who doesn't really like to talk with girls. And so he asks Barney to help him talk with a girl at the bar. And so he's like, okay, I got you covered. And so you're like, okay, he's going to come up with this elaborate way to talk with this girl and and introduce him and everything. And so he takes him, he walks him over to the end of the bar with the girl. And he goes, hi, have you met Ted? And then walks off. (laughs) That was it. That was it. (laughs) And so much of that is kind of, we kind of play things up to make it so difficult to talk to people about Jesus, to talk to people about what God has done in our hearts and done in our lives. And we think it has to be something just elaborate and extravagant, and really it's just talking about people like, hey, do you know Jesus? You know, Jesus has been a part of my life for X amount of time, X amount of years. He's done this in my life, and it's just about sharing those experiences. And... You know, so I mean, it's really not all that difficult. So I was really thinking about it. I was like, well, "All right, well, if it's not that difficult, why is it, why do we have such a hard time? And then it got me thinking, maybe it's not so much of an issue on the difficulty, but maybe it's an issue of priority. And, and so, I mean, again, I just <laughs> like said, maybe it's not an issue of difficulty, but maybe it's an issue of priority. How many of you guys enjoy math? <laughs> Nobody? Okay, all right. Well, well I'm, <laughs> you're all liars. I'm just going to call you out right here. You're all liars. Nobody likes math. I am half Asian, so you'd expect me to be good at math, right? <laughs> I am. Okay, all right. I'm just going to clear that up. I am. <laughs> but you have, like, basic math, right? you gonna got, like, 2 plus 2 equals 7, right? You know, like... No problem, no problem. You know, but as we go through our education system, you know, we start getting into a little bit more complex math. And so my teacher, you know, is probably I don't know, sixth grade, I can't remember when they start evolving the, the equations. But you start going from, you know, like two plus two. Uh, so now they start adding things like, all right, well, here's the equation, I want you to solve this for me in the next two minutes. All right, four plus seven minus eight. Bracket. Okay, all right, there's a bracket. I can figure that out, all right? Bracket. 73 divided by 9, parentheses. Okay? Parentheses, we got this. 74 minus 9 divided by 6, parentheses. 9 times 3 bracket. Two plus one. (laughs) And, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, I can solve that in two minutes. And you guys probably remember this, but they kind of, you have an order of operations, right? There's a priority on what steps you have to take first. And uh, they have an acronym for it, right? It's, uh, uh, my, my dear... Yes, yes, my, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally for juggling meerkats in the circus, right? There's a lot of steps. You've got the, the, the parentheses, the exponents, multiplication, division, you know, so on and so forth. And, but in order to solve the equation properly, you have to take the top priority and do that part first. And so oftentimes, I believe that our lives are these complex equations that we're trying to solve in in the wrong order. And we're, we're picking these pieces and we're trying to walk through life and trying to deal with our circumstances. And we're trying to deal with the things that happen in our lives whether we're behind on our bills, whether we're having relationship problems, whether we don't know where our next meal is going to come from. And. We forget that God's already saved us. God's already given us salvation. God's already healed us. And when we can remember what God has done in our life and put that back at the top of the priority, it becomes so much more easier to share that with somebody because now that's the priority in our life. Now what God is capable of doing and what we've seen happen in our lives before we can now share openly with other people that need to hear that. So, I don't think it's an issue of the difficulty, but I think it's an issue of the priority. You know, God, God's going to equip you in the moment, He will. You just got to start, like Abe said, just start the conversation, just get it going. You see, God doesn't want us to multiply ourselves. He wants to multiply what he has done in our lives in someone else's life. And we have the opportunity to be able to share that with people. You see, scripture is about harvest. But the scripture is also about the workers. See, some of you guys right now are at a point in your life where God is doing something big. And you guys Or the harvest. You guys are experiencing God's love. You guys are experiencing God's grace. You're experiencing the miracles that He can open up the doors that you have thought were closed for so long. But there's a transition period. From when we go from the harvest to the worker. Because Now that we've experienced God's grace and we've experienced God's salvation, he's calling us to allow other people to experience that. So we go from the harvest to sharing what God has done in our lives to become the workers, to go out into the people, to share the good news, to share the gospel, to share who Jesus is and how great he is. He's our reason. So my question to you today it's not you know when's your next opportunity but it's are you willing to adjust your priorities so that God can open up somebody else's purpose in life yeah. Yeah. are you willing to change your priorities and adjust your priorities so that God can open up somebody else's purpose in their life so I'm just going to close this out. God, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity. God, I pray that those of us right now who are going through the harvest season can fully accept who you are and the things that you're doing in our lives. I pray for those of us who are in that transition period can allow you to work into us. Lord God, place people in our hearts, people that are in our lives, people that we see on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, that we can have compassion for them, that we can have a desire for them to come to know who you are. Lord, I pray that we may step into that calling, that we can step into that period of being a worker and no longer just holding everything that you've done for us to ourselves, but sharing it with those around us. We thank you for every opportunity that we get. We thank you for those that we serve with on a weekly basis within this church, within this body of Christ, and that brick by brick we are building your kingdom, Lord. I pray we continue to encourage one another, that we that we just support one another, Lord God, that we are allowing us to step into the calling and speaking into their lives and letting them know, Lord God, that there is a higher purpose, that there is a calling, that there is meaning in what they're going through, that that meaning is going to be able to show people, Lord God, that you are greater than any circumstance. So we thank you. That we get to be a part of this, Lord God. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome.
0: Can you guys stand up and appreciate our five by five today? Give them a huge hand. That was incredible, guys. So good.